Hi, welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. We're so happy you're joining us on our journey through the book of Matthew. Join us today as we talk through the way Jesus instructed us to live the good life. Welcome to Branch Online. My name is Josh, one of the pastors here at Branch Life Church. Today we're talking about a pretty important topic, the topic of anxiety. And man, we all deal with anxiety. So stay tuned in and follow through this this particular teaching this morning and you won't regret it. We're so glad that you're joining us. And if this is your first time uh, tuning in, thanks so much for being a part of Branch Life. We'd love to meet you. So say hi in the chat room if you're listening at the premiere or go ahead and fill out that connection card. And no matter who you are, if this is your first time or if you're joining us every week, we'd love for you to fill out that connection card. Uh, Even if this is on a random Tuesday, several months from the uh, premiere of this, go ahead and fill out that connection card. You can find it anytime at branchlife.church. And one of our first cards on our homepage is our connection card. Let us know that you worship with us today and let us know how we can be praying for you. And if you would like to get a copy of the Matthew Journal, we have one free for everyone who uh, fills out that card and lets us know that they're interested in this and we will send it your way if you give us your address so we can mail it to you. We're diving into our Good Life series. We have just a few more weeks left in this series, this amazing series about life-changing and the incredible life that we can have if we follow Jesus from Jesus himself as he taught on the Sermon on the Mount. If you are local and we're approaching the 4th of July, we want to invite you out to our 4th of July outdoor service and picnic. Uh, It's going to be a great time together for everyone who's been a part of Branch Life and maybe you've only been able to watch online during the pandemic, but you're ready to join us in person outdoors. Well, this July 4th is your opportunity to do that. So help us spread the word. And if this morning is an encouragement to you, go ahead and share this even now uh, on your social media so more people can hear this incredible encouragement and this awesome teaching about how we all can handle anxiety in the right way in our lives. For everybody who gives to Branch Life on a regular basis, from my heart to yours, thank you. And as always, we know that God is multiplying your gifts and doing incredible things. Again, you can do that at branchlife.church slash give anytime. Hey, we're going to dive into this. So grab your Matthew journals, grab your Bibles, and let's hear from God today.
diving into our Good Life series, so grab your Matthew journals or grab your Bibles, jump, jump to Matthew chapter 6. Remember, this is a life-changing teaching from Jesus that teaches us how to have the best life possible. You can't work for it. You can't get it. You can't attain it. It's something that has to be given to you. And Jesus's teaching is radical, man. This is stuff that transforms us. So lean in as we dive into this section where Jesus talks about an essential ingredient to the good life. We can't live the good life and be filled with anxiety and fear. I mean, you've had those days and those moments where fear and anxiety have just paralyzed you or, or crippled your minds or stopped you right in your tracks. Jesus has designed us to live fear-free. He's designed us to live anxiety-free. And for some people, you think that's not possible. How could that possibly be? Well, Jesus is going to teach us about that today. We're in the middle of a two-part series about mental health. And here's the truth that we're exploring. We believe that Jesus teaches in this moment that mental health begins with a healthy heart. So if you want to hear about part one, jump to last week's uh, session on demand at our YouTube channel. Hit subscribe while you're there or at branchlife.church. And you'll hear all about part one where we covered a healthy heart. We'll remind you a little bit about that in just a second. Today, we're going to focus on our mind. Remember, we're in the middle of a crisis, a mental health crisis in this world where there are millions and millions and millions of people suffering with panic attacks, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, you name it. Why are so many people struggling with this? Well, all of those emotional distressors, all of those are signal, uh, they're, they're like smoke from a fire. The, they are symptoms to something that's burning, that something's on fire inside of you. Last week, as we talked about our hearts, we talked about that being the root of all of these emotions and that we have to have healthy hearts in order to have healthy minds. But when it comes down to it, when we realize what's going on, we all have to admit that we struggle to have healthy minds. This is a daily battle that comes in waves and in seasons in our lives where we will deal with, all of us, anxiety, fear, stress, pressure, uh, and, and panic. And we have to know, what do we do in those moments? How can we battle, secure, cause our minds and our emotions to act in a certain way so they don't paralyze us, so they don't freeze us, so that we are free to have the good life? Remember, at Branch Life Church, we believe that the deeper your connection with Christ, the, the farther your reach and the more fruit you bear. What fruit is that? It's joy, love, peace, patience, kindness. Those are what we need to have the good life, not stress, panic, sadness, discouragement, and depression. So man, let's jump into this. And I want to tell you right off the bat a story about the preacher of preachers. If you've never heard of Charles Spurgeon, this prince of preachers in his day was one of the most powerful and effective preachers of his time. His, in the 1800s, from about the 1850s to the 1890s, he was a preacher in the London area, and he would have anywhere from five, six to 10,000 people that would come and listen to him. And this is before like microphones and all kinds of uh, electronics that would broadcast your voice. His sermons were so popular that they would be written down word for word and posted in the newspaper the next day for all of London. And it cost you one penny to get a copy of that. He, he preached 
almost 4,000 sermons, and we have almost all of them in writing to this day. This is a spiritual giant that was involved in transforming his world. This was someone who was on fire for God, someone who loved Jesus, who dedicated his life to God, who was pursuing the good life God's way, who was following the Sermon on the Mount, not just talking about it. He was all in with Jesus. Yet, Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, struggled with mental health. He had a well-documented and open battle with anxiety and depression, where he would go into seasons of darkness, where he would, where he would feel the flood of this mental unwellness come over him. Now, a lot of us struggle with mental health for different reasons. And I want to be very, very, very clear that not all mental health is because of spiritual unwellness. Sometimes there are those of us who love God and are seeking after God, and yet we struggle with depression or anxiety in ways that are not just spiritual, but are physical or physiological. When you've done everything, when you've pursued and handed it over to God, yet you feel like you're overtaken by this cloud of despair, when you just can't seem to get a handle on it, it may be right and appropriate that you seek out medical uh, evaluation. There are chemical imbalances, there are physiological things that happen in our bodies that cause us to slip into mental unwellness. And the answers to that can be a medical cure. What we're talking about today is not clinical or medical. We're talking about spiritual. And for the vast majority of us, we deal with the spiritual battle of anxiety and mental unhealth way before we deal with the clinical mental unhealth. The circumstances that are overwhelming us, the stress that is a part of everyday life, our minds racing, an inability to get sleep at night, or wanting to get too much sleep, all of these can come on. And there is a spiritual battle that can take place in our minds that Jesus gives us the answer to, the tools to, to help us understand what's going on and know how to deal with it. Charles Spurgeon may have dealt with clinical depression. But he also had seasons where it was a spiritual battle that he had to handle and he had to deal with. And so he teaches us and encourages us through his life to lean in on some mental health, mental health and spiritual wellness practices. And so we're going to hear from Charles Spurgeon today as we all continue to battle this together. And today I hope that there is some encouragement here for all of us who have an anxious mind. I hope that during this talk, my prayer is that you will be encouraged as you wrestle with anxiety in your life. Not only encouraged that there is hope, that there is an answer, but that there is victory over an anxious mind. And you can trade your anxiety for peace when you tackle things God's way. So let's read together Matthew chapter 24, uh, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 24, the verse that we ended with last week, going on through verse 34. We're going to read this together. If you have your journals, it's, in, it's uh, page number 34, or we're in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse number 24. It says this, uh, starting in verse 24, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, 
or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet their heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, the king, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so closes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious by saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is the troubles of its own. God, as we look at your words, help us to unpack these and help us to transform our hearts and our minds. Free us from anxiety. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Jesus, right off the bat in the Sermon on the Mount, is going to give us three thoughts for an anxious mind. And I want us to understand what happens when we are having an anxious, uh, anxious thoughts or, or being controlled by an anxious mind. Now, an anxious mind is more than uh, being scared of something. Although fear is a part of anxiety. I asked online today, what was uh, some of the things that make you most anxious? And we got some great answers. Everything from hearing Pastor Josh preach about anxiety all the way to heights. I'm, I talk, talked about my fear of sharks. And some of those things, uh, standing up in front and delivering people, getting nervous and, and having, you know, having a little bit of uh, 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 nervous feelings before something happens. That, that's all natural and all part of life. Anxiety is this combination of worry and fear that takes over our minds. And anxiety becomes this dominating force in our thinking. Jesus commands us not to be anxious. He says, therefore, be anxious about nothing. Well, that seems a little bit impossible. Here's marks of an anxious mind. When you're fi finding that combination of worry and fear in your life, here's what's going on. And the first mark of an anxious mind is this. It thinks too little of God. An anxious mind thinks too little of God. You see, a lot of us want to have faith in God, and we also want to worry about things. <laughs> we believe in, in Jesus, and we believe in God, so we'll go to church, we'll sing a few songs, but then on Monday, we're going to take care of it ourselves. And we start driving our own cars and living our own lives. And what the Bible clearly teaches in Matthew chapter 6, specifically in verse 24, is this challenge about not being able to serve two masters. And this is what we talked about last week. We talked about this thought that you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. That verse, chapter, uh, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, says either you're going to love one and hate the other, be devoted to one and despise the other, but you can't have both. When you are having an anxious mind, you are not thinking highly enough of God. You're choosing that thing that's causing you anxiety over God. Now, 
How ridiculous is that, right? Even to say that out loud is like crazy. If, I, if I'm concerned whether or not I'm going to pass my test, and I'm anxious about that, and I'm worried about that, I'm concerned about that. If I'm anxious that my kids are going to make a, the drive from home to college, and if they're going to get there safely, and all I am that whole two-hour trip is just at home, wringing my hands and nervous. I'm thinking more about my kids' safety and security, the, the, the academic pursuits that I'm in or going after, than I am God. And when we, when we say it out loud, we're like, wow, how, how could that possibly be? Because we all know some incredible things about God. Whenever you read the Bible, it is filled with these amazing stories of the power of God. The one who has the ability to move mountains. Not just move mountains, but make mountains and create the world. Think of some of these stories that come up in, the, in God's Word over and over again. We're going to look at Job chapter 38 and, and through 40 in just a moment. But think about the first story ever told in the Bible in Genesis, where God, talk, God brings through his words all that we know into existence. His words spoke into existence all of creation, the sun, the moon, the stars, the, the galaxies and the billions and billions and billions of galaxies that are so immense and so far away that we can't even count them. Yet God is over them all. When you think about the stories in Genesis then of, of the worldwide flood coming and Noah being told to build the ark and never seeing rain and then animals coming two by two at the direction of God and voluntarily walking onto this boat and then God shuts the door and the rains come. And the earth opens and the entire earth is flooded. That's power. That's, that's the power of God. And then this God sends Jesus, his only son, to this earth who dies on the cross. And in this moment proves after he dies that he can raise again from the dead. That not only does God have power over creation, over 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 the storms of this earth, but he has power over life and death itself. He has defeated death. That's God. That's the greatness of our God. That's the power of our God. And yet we are concerned about a test. We're concerned about driving in a car. We're concerned for our kids. We're concerned about our food and our clothes, our clothing. We, we, we are concerned about little tiny things compared to the greatness of of God. Remember last week we said that mental health is directly connected to our heart health. And you are going to be most anxious about the things that you love the most. But we can't love two things. God says you either are going to love me or hate the other. And so what do we do for our hearts? How do we lay up treasures in heaven? How do we have hearts that are set on God and on godly things? Well, it's given us in the answer. We are supposed to love God. We're supposed to be devoted to God. And we're supposed to serve God. I'm all in with my emotions for God. I'm all in with my devotion for God. I'm going to be faithful to Him. I'm going to hang out with Him. I'm going to be a part of His church on a regular basis. I'm all in with serving and giving my talents to God. That becomes the heartbeat that I live by, and that enables us then to live an anxious, free life. You see, when I am totally in love and devoted and serving God, all else becomes minor in comparison. Those things that people love to tell stories about on television, 
the dramas that happen, the reality TV where they're fighting and bickering over the smallest things really do become cheap in comparison to the awesomeness of our God. You see, but Jesus is telling us that the mark of an anxious mind thinks too little of God. Don't be guilty of thinking too little of God. Remind yourself about his power and his greatness and fall in love with him over and over and over again. And then you'll see that having your mind focus on the small problems of this world is a waste of time. When my strong, powerful God is involved in my day, I know that everything is already taken care of. Here's a second mark of an anxious mind. First, an anxious mind thinks too little of God. Second, an anxious mind thinks God thinks too little of me. An anxious, I know that's kind of a, a weird sentence, but remember it. An anxious mind thinks God thinks too little of me. Why would this incredibly powerful God who has all of the universe to look after even care about the test that I have to take? Even care about the decision that I'm making? Why would he even care about this diagnosis that the doctor has given me? And so many times an anxious mind thinks that God thinks too little of us. Grab your journals or your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 6 and look at verses 26 through 30. Listen to this example that he gives. Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor they gather in their barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? So the first creatures that he tells us about are these birds. And the birds have no meal plan, right? The early bird gets the worm, and that's all that the bird gets. And Jesus says that he cares for these birds. He cares that they're fed. He cares that they eat. Then he goes on with the story and in verse 28. And he says, And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, that they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed in one of these. God cares about the beauty and the color of the flowers. He, he has taken time in his greatness to creatively design beauty through this planet. And these gorgeous flowers, the lilies of the field, are well outdo any outfit that we can put together. And then he, then he talks about the grass of the field. And he says, but if God so closes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? You see, our anxious mind thinks that God thinks too little of me, that he's not going to help me with my little problems of what I should eat, what I should wear, and what I should drink. Yet God is in the business of taking care of the things that he creates. You have to remind your anxious mind that God can feed you, clothe you, and cause you not to thirst. That we can trust in God. Didn't he just teach us to pray a few verses earlier in the Lord's Prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. This great God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Now if we pray that prayer, do we actually believe that he answers it? that he will provide for us. 
You see, Jesus says when we start thinking that he thinks too little of us, that we have little faith. We actually don't think that God will come through. We then start to depend on ourselves. Remember Charles Spurgeon, who struggled with this anxiety, was teaching on this very point, and he gave this quote, Listen to the voice of the Lord speak. And this is God, who says, I, God, will help you. It's a small thing for me, your God, to help you consider what I have already done. What? Not help you? I bought you with my blood. What? Not help you? I died for you. Since I have done the greater, will I not do the lesser for you? You see, God has already come to solve your biggest problem, and that's what's going to happen to you after you die. He sent his son to forgive you your sins so that your brokenness could be healed. And in giving you his son, he solved our massive problem. And when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you are born again. You now have access to life and life more abundant and life eternal with God. Have you accepted Jesus as your personal savior? Are you trusting in him for your salvation? Do you trust him that he will take you to live with him forever in eternity? If you trust Jesus for your soul, how do you not trust Jesus for your sorrow? If you trust Jesus with your destiny, how do you not trust him for your day? See, we say we believe in this powerful God, but when it comes to actually dealing with life's problems, we don't think he will handle it. And that's a mark of an anxious mind. Your God, who's in the business of healing brokenness, will help you solve your problems. He will provide for you. He will give you what you need when you follow after him. The third mark of an anxious mind says this. It thinks too much of me. You see, when I think too little of God, and I think God thinks too little of me, well, then I become the one that has to solve all the problems. And doesn't it just feel that way? You have to make the decision. You've got to make the call. It's up to you. And so we're all looking at you to fix it. We're looking at you to fix your life. We're looking at you to fix your friend's life. We're looking at you to fix your family life. And you think you have all this pressure. And an anxious mind thinks that it's actually your job. And it's actually your responsibility to fix it. It is not. Do not believe these lies that an anxious mind tells you. It is on God's mind. When I was in college, one of the best things I ever did was counsel at camp. I love being a camp counselor. I met my wife. She was one of the other camp counselors at camp. And we had all kinds of kids come into our cabin, and they would come in on a Monday, and they would leave on a Saturday. And we had those six days with them where we got to pour into them and learn about them and teach them about God and, and help them on their spiritual journeys. I would have kids that would come to camp who wouldn't know anything about Jesus, and they wouldn't know anything about salvation. And I remember taking on this kind of personal pressure that it was my job to help these kids get saved. And that I had to do it. And if I didn't do it, they would walk out of camp not saved. And there goes their only chance to know Jesus as their personal Savior. I remember having a, a week or two where a, a kid would come and he would not accept Jesus as his personal Savior. While at camp this weekend, he would walk out and go back into his life. And I said, I missed it. I missed my chance. I remember my, my other friend came over to me and he goes, who do you think you are? Do you think you're God? 
Do you think God could not handle this? That God does not love that kid as much as you did? God created that kid and he will continue to give him opportunities for salvation. Let God be God and you be you. And man, that has to be the mantra for our lives. Let God be God. Let's let God be the one who's in control. He can do such a better job at being a king than we can of being the king of our own lives. This is why this is such an essential ingredient to the good life, is realizing that God is the one that can handle it, that he is the king, and that I make a horrible king. Take the pressure off. Take it off of your shoulders and hand it to God. There is no burden, there is no trouble that you can't hand over and give completely to God. He has the power to handle it. You do not. So let God handle your troubles and stop depending on yourself. You see, anxiety, when we add that to our lives, does a, does a number on our days. Anxiety does not have the power to add one minute to life. Matthew chapter 6 verse 27 says, Who of you by worrying can add one hour to your life? You can't. We don't add minutes to our lives by bringing anxiety into the picture. Worrying and fretting for someone else who's sick or that diagnosis that, that we've been given doesn't help the situation. It only makes it worse. Have you ever been there when someone's freaking out and having a panic attack? Does that help things get better? No, it makes it worse. We can't have any positive effects from anxiety. It is just not helpful. Secondly, anxiety causes physical damage to the body. I heard a doctor say during this pandemic that 70% of the, of the health cases that he's seeing in his office is directly related to stress and anxiety, to panic and depression. 70% of the people walking into his office are fighting a mental health battle. Anxiety causes restlessness, which causes fatigue. It causes your heart to race and your palms to sweat. There is a physical, uh, physical damage that is done to your mind and to your physical body when you allow anxiety to reign. Peace is a much healthier emotion than anxiety. And the third thing about anxiety that's true is anxiety leads us to unhealthy coping behaviors. When you're in that moment where you are all anxious and you're tense and you don't know what to do and you're just overwhelmed by life, you will do something to, to cope. You're going to do something to numb the pain. You're going to do something to escape. And most of those choices, if not all, that are separate from God are unhealthy coping mechanisms. Have you ever heard of stress eating? That's when you eat too much because you're stressed and then you start stressing because your clothes don't fit anymore, because you need to lose now an extra 10 or 15 pounds, whatever problem was causing you stress, now you added overweight, uh, overeating to it, which caused you to be overweight. That's a bad, unhealthy coping mechanism. Maybe to calm my nerves, I'll start to smoke. The problem with smoking is it causes cancer. So now not only do I have frayed nerves, but now I have cancer inside of my body or I'm going to reach out to some substance that numbs the pain, but that, that substance causes an addiction in my life, and now I can't go through a day without being relieved, without having that alcohol, without taking that pill, without uh, using that drug. 
You see, anxiety causes us to have unhealthy coping mechanisms. Whether it's sleepless nights, or falling into addiction, or realizing that stress is just dessert spelled backwards. Anxiety is a horrible thing to have in our lives. That's why Jesus has said, therefore, don't be anxious. You do not have to have anxiety in your life. Yes, for some of us, our personalities or our predispositions will cause us to battle with anxiety more than others. But yes, even you can have victory without any of these unhealthy coping mechanisms. You see, Charles Spurgeon says this, Anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. We know that there's bad things that are happening, sad things and hard things. Anxiety doesn't make that sorrow go away. It literally takes my strength away to deal with it. So therefore, let's not be anxious. And, and Jesus doesn't just leave it there. He gives us some encouragement for an anxious mind. When we think too little of God, when we think God thinks too little of us, and when we think too much of ourselves, here's some encouragement for you. Here's just how you can handle anxiety when it comes to, here's how you can have peace and victory in your lives. Encouragement for the anxious mind first starts with this. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. If you want an equation to battle anxiety, here it is. First, seek God. Seek God first and his kingdom. If you want the good life, live the life in the kingdom of God. That means if you haven't accepted Jesus as your savior, then take the step to accept Jesus as your savior. What are you waiting for? He came to give you life and life more abundant. Some of you have said, I don't know if I believe in God. I don't know if I trust in God. I don't know if God's real. I don't know if I want to follow Jesus. Today's the day that you need to make the decision to follow Jesus because you can't do life on your own. You need God to help you. So bring in Jesus in your life. And then if you are a follower of Jesus, seek his kingdom first and his righteousness. Live the way that Jesus wants you to live. Go after pleasing him. And when he says it, do it. When he says don't do it, don't. And that's how, how we concern our lives. We love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. That's, that's kingdom living at its finest. We are able to do the things that the... the the Sermon on the Mount tells us to do. And if we do that, all of these things will be added to you. What you need to eat, where you get your drink, what you're going to wear, and everything else in between. How are you going to fight that cancer diagnosis? What are you going to do when that tree falls over on your house? When your car breaks down on the side of the road? When your kids don't have enough money to pay for college? When there's a, when there's a bully coming after your child at school? Whatever the case may be, all of these things will be added to you. You do not have to be anxious because you know that you're seeking after God who can handle all of it. You see, we put Jesus first in order to get rid of our anxiety. This is that radical teaching. And for all of us who need encouragement and anxiety, I want you to think about the story of Job. You see, Job in the Bible went through some incredibly difficult days. He was a rich man. He was a wealthy man. But he didn't love his wealth. He loved God. And so Satan brought in challenges into his life. And this was permitted by God. And Job, as he was walking through life, 
heard from one of his employees that he had lost all of his business. In one day, all the arms of his business were taken from him. He lost his cattle, he lost his camel, he lost his finances. In that same day, he was told that all 10 of his children had died in a horrible accident. And then he was stricken with a terrible, painful disease. And Job was wrestling. In Job chapter 23, Job answered and said, Today my complaint is bitter, and my hand is heavy on the account of my groaning. And that I knew where I might find God, and I might come even to his seat, and I would lay my case before him with my mouth full of arguments. You see, Job wanted to have a conversation with God. Life was not going well, and he didn't deserve it, and he didn't know how to handle it, and it hurt, and it was painful. And how many times have you wanted to have a conversation with God, and you say, what's happening? How am I supposed to deal with this? Where are you? Well, God answers Job in Job chapter 38 through 40. And I'll, I'll run through some of these. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But this is what God said to Job out of a whirlwind. God says to Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me. Tell me if you have the understanding that who determined the earth's measurements? Surely you know. Who stretched out the line upon it? Who was there that put its foundation and laid its cornerstone in place? When the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy. Or where were you who, who shut in the sea with its doors? When it burst out of its creation, when it was made in the clouds of the garments. Have you commanded the morning since the days have begun, causing the dawn to know its place? In verse 16, he said, have you entered into the springs of the sea? Can you walk into the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? In verse 22, it says, have you entered the storehouses of snow? Have you seen where the storehouses of hail are stored? And for two chapters, Jesus asked Job about these questions, about taking care of the lions, about causing the horses to be able to run. At the end of verse 39, he says, is it you that commands the eagle to mount up and make its nest on high, on the rocks, it, and it dwells to make its home, to make the rocky crag its stronghold? And finally, in verse chapter 40, Job then answers the Lord, and he says, Behold, I am of small account. I'm tiny before you, God. In your greatness, yes, we will have problems. But God and his greatness can handle the things that we are too small to deal with. And so here's some encouragement for the anxious. You might be in a place where you just have to take it one day at a time. One day where you simply say, God, today be in charge. Today I trust in you. Today I walk with you. And you just give God that day. You might be in a place where you just need to take it one step at a time. Where God in his loving uh, grace can come beside you and hold you with your shoulder. And you say, God, I don't know if I can make it through today. Will you help me take this next step? Will you help me make this next choice? Will you give me this next supply? And maybe other of you are sitting here in this moment and you're like, I just, 
I just need one more breath. God, will you give me one more breath? And maybe you're in this moment where you just simply need to breathe. You see, that's what God gives us in a world filled with trouble. He gives us the ability to go one day at a time. Psalm 118 verse 24 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. No matter if you're lying in a hospital bed or driving across country or taking a final exam, today is the day that the Lord has made. He has gifted you this day. Rejoice and be glad in it. Galatians 51 6 says that we can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Walk in the power of the Spirit and not in the power of the flesh. Let me encourage you to take your next step in the power of God. And in Job chapter 33, verse 4, it says this, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Psalm 150, verse 6, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord, Praise the Lord. In your encouragement with anxiety today, would you take it one step, one breath, one prayer at a time and praise God. As we think about this closing thought, this is how Jesus sums up this passage on anxiety. He says, therefore, because of all of this that I've said, because of all my greatness, because of how I care for the birds and how I care for you, because my kingdom should be sought first. Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I remember working during this year with one of our friends from the Ashwood Fire Apartments almost a year ago now. The apartments burned down. This young lady spent eight months in, in a hotel with three teenagers, all doing uh, school online because of, because of COVID. At the same time, her parents, who also lost their apartment in the fire, were dealing with a, a, a cancer diagnosis with their dad. Her mom was going through uh, kidney dialysis three times a week. Just in the last month, her dad passed away from this cancer diagnosis, and and they've been able to move into a new house, and yet they also had to bury her father. And at the funeral service, she came up to me, and she gave me a hug, and she whispered in my ear, and she said, Josh, when's it going to end? When's it going to get better? When am I going to stop having trouble? And the answer is, you're not. There will always be trouble in this broken world. There's always going to be something to be anxious about and worried about. But God says, don't. Don't be anxious. I'm a big God who cares for you, that can take care of it for you. So seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things, and, and, and I'll supply your needs. See, God will give us our strength that we need for this day. Do you know what the most often command in the Bible is? Over 300 times, Jesus teaches us to fear not. 300 times, 366 times to be exact, we are commanded and taught to have peace, not fear. That's one command for every day of the year. 365 days of the year, you might need to remind yourself every single day, today, I don't need to fear. Today, I don't need to be anxious because if I've got God, if God is for me, who can be against me? What can man do to me? 
And no matter what happens, I rely on the promises of God that all things work together for good to those that love him. Charles Spurgeon wrapped it up with this statement. He says, I have learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. What our troubles do is they cause us to look to Jesus, to love Jesus, to be devoted to Jesus, and to serve Jesus. Thank God for troubles that cause us to fall deeper in love, to trust Jesus more. Do you? Do you love the troubles that cause you to love Jesus more? Are you trusting in Jesus to help you with today's trouble, with today's diagnosis, with today's uh, relationships? If you're here today and you have not yet put your faith and trust in Jesus, will you go to this gospel tab at branchlife.church and, and seek out what it means to have a relationship with him? And if you're ready to fill out your connection card, we'd love for you to do that and let us know how we can pray for you, what troubles we can help you cast on to Jesus. But maybe you just need to, to name something, confess something. Maybe you need to do some business with God today. What is that thing that you're most anxious about? Is it causing you to, to turn to Jesus or is it causing you to look more inward? Today, will you put your trust, your concerns in the hands of Jesus so that he can guard you from these troubles? And the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. Thanks for joining us today. We hope to see you back again next week as we continue on with our series in The Good Life.